Welcome to the last Esther recap episode of this series, my friend. In case you're new here, I taught a line-by-line study through the book of Esther inside the community, which you can join in on for free by heading to hurrynewstrength.com forward slash community. You can just click in the description box. I'll have a link for you. If you choose not to join the community, I highly recommend going back to episodes 164, 166, and 168 to get caught up. I provide a recap of week one, which included character studies, Old Testament connections, and a chronology of the book. Week two, we covered chapters one through three. Week three, we covered chapters four through seven. And today, we are covering and finishing up with chapters 8, 9, and 10. This is a recap of week four of our four-week study. So in these three chapters, we learn about the king's edict on behalf of the Jews, the triumph of the Jews, what Purim is and how it was established, and how Mordecai rose to second in rank to King Xerxes I. I'll also connect some Old Testament dots highlight more irony like I did last week, and finish up our podcast recap of this beautiful book. I encourage you to grab your Bible, a pen, a journal to take some notes because we're digging in right now. Let's do it. You're now listening to Her Renewed Strength, the podcast. A place where you, my sisters in Christ, are encouraged to walk by faith and equipped to live well, steward well, and set your minds on eternity. I'm your host, Erica Diaz Castro, your Jesus-loving Puerto Rican life coach. If you're tired of living a life burdened by anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm, if you're ready to do more of what you love, create more space for the things and people that matter most, and better steward the gifts and resources God graced you with, If you want coaching, encouragement, fellowship, and just a friend to help you shift your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, you're in the right place. Grab a coffee, journal, and a pen. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to the party, and let's dig into today's episode. All right, so before we dig in, just a reminder that in one week, you, if you are getting emails from me, will receive a code that will give you a serious, like a serious discount on my course on Heaven's Timeline. You will only get it in email. So the way to get on my email list is to either join the Facebook group, hurrynewstrength.com forward slash community, or email me and I will add you myself, Erica, E-R-I-K-A at hurrynewstrength.com. I'll have links in the description of this episode and it is a flash sale. It will be going down July 7th, which is a Friday to July 11th, which is a Monday. I'm not sharing the code inside the Facebook group. I'm not sharing the code on the podcast. Got to be on my email list. For those who are getting emails from me, you copy paste it, click the link, get the course. It's going to be good. Now, today we are finishing up our recap of Esther. This is our week four recap, and I have quite a bit to cover. I thought it would be kind of short, but when I prepared it, 
I realized that this is pretty much what happened the entire time I taught on Esther. <laughs> I thought that it was going to be short and there was a lot of information to cover. So I will not delay. Let's open up to chapter eight. This is the king's edict in behalf of the Jews. So we see here Xerxes gives Esther the estate of Haman. Haman was just executed for being evil. And he was executed on the very pole that he had set up in his yard to kill Mordecai on, which is so crazy. But here we are. And again, if you did not already listen to episode 168, you need to go back because this will make more sense. And if you haven't listened to any of the episodes, start in 164, then go to 166. That's the week two recap. 168 is the week three recap. And then this is 170, which is the week four recap. So Xerxes gives Esther the estate of Haman. Esther then appoints Mordecai over that estate. Esther pleads with the king. We see her begging him to put a stop to Haman's evil plan. But since the king can't go back on something he's already signed into law, he creates a new law stating that the Jews can defend themselves. And the law that he initially put into place, just in case you're wondering, is that the Jews would be completely annihilated on March 13th, I want to say. I think it's the 13th day of the month of Adar. So now this new law says that the Jews can defend themselves. So the king's edict grants the Jews in every city the right to assemble and protect themselves, to destroy, kill, and annihilate the armed men of any nationality or province who might attack them and their women and children, and to plunder the property of their enemies. To plunder the property of their enemies means to take whatever it is that they left behind. So if Joe killed, you know, some Persian guy named John, he can go to John's house and take John's stuff. The irony here is that Mordecai, coming back to Mordecai, is the person appointed over the state of the very man who tried to have him executed. He takes over the very estate he was going to be executed on had Haman's plot gone through. Isn't that nuts? The other point of irony I wanted to just share and highlight is that in Esther chapter one, we see King Xerxes outraged because Vashti didn't obey his command. A decree is signed into law requiring all women to respect their husbands and all the husbands to be the head of their household, right? Yet here in chapter eight, we see Xerxes doing what Esther asked him to do. So I thought that was interesting. If you go down to verses 15 through 17, the triumph of the Jews is documented here. And I'm just going to read those few verses. And the city of Susa held a joyous celebration. For the Jews, it was a time of happiness and joy, gladness and honor in every province and in every city to which the edict of the king came. There was a joy and gladness among the Jews with feasting and celebrating. And many people of other nationalities became Jews because fear of the Jews had seized them. And that's something. Now, there's a cross-reference that I would just want to share in Psalm 35, verse 27, which comes to life in this very passage. And it says, 
May those who delight in my vindication shout for joy and gladness. May they always say, The Lord be exalted, who delights in the well-being of his servant. Yes, amen. And don't we see the Lord really taking care of his servants here? All right. Now we're in chapter 9. We see the edict commanded by the king was carried out. And in verse 1, it says, On this day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them. But now the tables were turned, and the Jews got the upper hand over those who hated them. We also see that fear of Mordecai and fear of the Jews motivated the people of all the other nationalities to help the Jews. We see that Mordecai was prominent, his reputation spread, and he became more and more powerful, which is noted in Esther chapter 9, verse 4. And we see the Jews struck down all their enemies and did what they pleased to those who hated them. They also killed the 10 sons of Haman, but they didn't lay their hands on the plunder, even though the decree from King Xerxes said that they could. Why is this relevant? Because if you look back to 1 Samuel chapter 15, this is how Saul was supposed to have handled it. He was supposed to annihilate the Amalekites and not take their stuff. And that's the opposite of what he did. Esther chapter 9 verse 16 says, The remainder of the Jews who were in the king's provinces also assembled to protect themselves and get relief from their enemies. Get this, they killed 75,000 of them, but did not lay their hands on the plunder. Okay, in verse 20, we see the establishment of Purim. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. It might be Purim or Purim, but either way, it is established and it's celebrated on the 14th and 15th of the month of Adar, which is March. And in Esther chapter 9, verse 22, it says, these are days of feasting and joy and giving presents of food to one another and gifts to the poor. I'm going to call it Purim. I think it sounds pretty that way. Purim is the first festival adopted by the Jews that was not commanded by the Mosaic law. And it isn't demanded of Jews to observe. So just keep that in mind. We're just kind of noting how this became an adopted custom. During this festival of Purim, there is a reading of the scroll of Esther in the synagogue. And apparently there's a lot of drunkenness too, but um, I'm reading that from a, a resource, so I, don't, I can't say that I've observed it to know. If you're Jewish or if you observe Jewish holidays, can you let me know? <laughs> Chapter 10, the greatness of Mordecai. So Xerxes imposed tribute throughout the entire empire, right? All of his acts and power and might together with a full account of the greatness of Mordecai are actually written in the annals of the kings of Media and Persia. That's basically like their book of chronicles, right? So Mordecai ends up being promoted to second in command to the king. We see in Esther chapter 10, verse 3, it says here, and held in high esteem by his many fellow Jews because he worked for the good of his people and spoke up for the welfare of the Jews. Now, that promotion to second in command to the king, like governor status, we see that happening with Joseph in Genesis and Daniel in the book of Daniel. So we just know that the Lord is constantly working and elevating his servants, the men who are 
mighty men of God who are not afraid to stand up and do the Lord's work that he has commanded them to do. They are obedient and there is blessing in their obedience. Okay. Now that is our study. It was so, so good. A lot of history, a lot of irony. There were some things that were hilarious. Honestly, the week three recap is probably the funniest for me. While I was preparing it, I was really laughing. And then I shared that it was a very emotional study for me, to be honest. But there were moments when I just was cracking up. And one of those moments was when the king couldn't sleep and he has the history books read to him. (laughs) It doesn't say that it's because he's trying to fall asleep, but I, I think that's a funny concept. Like take out the history book and like help me fall asleep, you know? But anyway, the next day Haman comes over to the palace and, you know, the king was just reminded in the history books of Mordecai's good deeds and how he should be rewarded. And then that whole thing with Haman describing a good, you know, reward, thinking he's going to be the one to be rewarded, ends up being bestowed upon Mordecai by Haman. (laughs) It's hilarious. Anyway, I'm not going to bore you with all the ways that I feel about this. I think that it is so, so creative for the Lord to just show his sovereignty and his providence in such subtle and covert ways, but undeniable, right? That the Lord's hand was on Mordecai, on Esther, on the Jewish people. So if you ever find yourself in a season where you feel like God is silent, you feel like the Lord is just not so present, I think this book of Esther is one that you need to spend some time in because it is so evident in all the subtleties, and there are so many, and all the the ironies, there are so, so many, that the Lord is always working things for the good of those who love him. So I do pray that this is a blessing to you, that this is an encouragement to you. If you are not already inside of the community to study this line by line and learn all the history that I poured out (laughs) get my notes and all that, head to hurrynewstrength.com forward slash community. I'll have a link in the description of this episode so you can join very easily. And if you haven't listened to episodes 164, 166, and 168, go back and listen because that's going to give you way, way more information to help put all this together and actually make it make sense. I appreciate y'all. I pray that you have a fantastic weekend. It's July 4th weekend, right? So I hope that you're safe and God bless you. God bless America. Peace, y'all. Hey, sister girl, if you love today's episode, the best way you can show love and support is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other Christian women who want that same support and valuable content actually find the show. Oh, and if you're ready for more and you want to learn about free group Bible study, upcoming events, free courses and other services, head to HerRenewedStrength.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to become an insider. You'll get my weekly top five extra tips and bonuses. I'll see you on the inside.